Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Brett Swartz. Brett, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Thank you, Thank you so much for having me on the show. Excellent. Let's do this. Brett is the founder of Capital Gains Tax Solutions, also the founder of Commercial Realty Apartment Advisors, and he's the number one deferred sales trust coach. I'm excited to have you on. Brett, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yes, thank you, George. So, uh, personal life, I'm uh, married, I have five kids, I'm a dad, uh, we have four girls and a boy, nice. um, ages uh, basically 10 months to nine years old. We live in Northern California in the Sacramento region, originally from the Bay Area, um, Mission San Jose, Fremont, you know, I grew up there um, along in, along with Rockland High, Rockland. Um, in Sacramento, kind of back and forth a bit. But I got first introduced to, to real estate at a young age, helping my dad build custom homes. It was the MC Hammer days when when we were hammer pants. The uh, nice. big the, yeah, big <laughs> MC Hammer home was on top of the hill. And we he didn't build that one, but he built a lot of houses that are really big in those areas. And so, you know, really learned the value of hard work and, and seeing the sticks and bricks behind real estate. And then also owning uh, uh, or helping my dad with rentals along the way and my mom with rentals along the way. So that was my introdu- introduction to real estate. Went along to uh, placement sports in high school and college and uh, also studied business, uh, Bible theology and a minor in counseling psychology. But I went to a company called Marcus and Millichap during my junior year of college and, and got a chance to be introduced to commercial real estate and learn how to underwrite properties and, and uh, cash flow and all those great things. And so I was with them for a number of years and uh, have, haven't have stopped uh, selling commercial real estate since then. And that was in the 2006 days. Um, but along the line, I learned a, learned a strategy called a deferred sales trust, which is an alternative to a 1031 exchange. And uh, things have uh, never been the same since then as far as educating and helping people create a passive income stream beyond just, uh, you know, um, commercial real estate. Nice. Appreciate that. So this deferred sales trust, was that something that you just happened upon? You met somebody who was doing it? It seems like it's... I, I don't want to call it obscure, but it seems like it is sort of a niche thing. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, at the time, um, in the context of, of the 2008 crash, after that, uh, there, you know, my, my, my manager and, and Marcus Milichap in Sacramento was looking for creative solutions for for clients who who maybe got caught in the um, in the crash and or wanted to diversify outside of, of commercial real estate. And he brought in a speaker, and that speaker, um, his name is Robert Binkley, and we work together now. And he's a financial advisor, and he spoke on the topic of the deferred sales trust and you know it's just an installment sale we can go go into more of what it is um, which which most people know or at least their CPA knows but that was the introduction through Marcus and Millichap at a at a, a workshop 
Um, and then from there I study the structure and, you know, you know, earned my series 22 series 63 licenses and did a few Delaware statutory trusts. but all along the ways I've always done the 1031s, but the deferred sales trust has just, um, really grown with, with the changing demographics and the, and what's happening. Um, you know, cause according to the American Banking Association, there's about $17 trillion that will pass George from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is known as the baby boomers and it's the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world and in fact there's about 10,000 baby boomers to turn 65 every single day in the US and there's about 77 million baby boomers and they're looking for ways to transfer this wealth without getting hammered by 30 to 50 percent of their gain and many of them have, have built up their portfolios in commercial real estate and or private equity um, or businesses. Um, in fact, 50% of America's net worth is that is just that it's commercial real estate, high end primary homes and private equity, which is businesses. And so what's happening is they feel really trapped. Um, they feel trapped because they want to retire from the toilets, trash and liability. They want to diversify out of uh, maybe a single asset class or a single location. And they really want to trade the, uh, the toilets, trash liability for time, travel, liquidity, diversification and a passive income stream um, that they don't have to be so active in the management of either their their own employees or or their tenants. And so uh, the Deferred Sales Trust is just a, a neat solution uh, for those baby boomers, especially, or even someone who's 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 got a business that they're selling and they're looking to maybe redeploy into another business. Um, the Deferred Sales Trust can be a funding source for that, too. All right. So. It is for folks who have some kind of an asset. They they own, could it be a, a personal primary residence, and it could be a commercial building, it could be a real, or a, an apartment building, but it could also be um, a, a, um, a family-owned business. Correct. Yeah, really any highly appreciated asset. You see, unlike the 1031 exchange, which must be investment real estate for like-kind investment real estate in a short period of time, the deferred sales trust is just an installment sale. So it's a separate tax code from IRC 1031. It's actually IRC 453. And so it works for um, yeah collectibles. It works for a business, high-end primary homes, businesses. Um, there's been over 2,000 trusts that have been closed in the 23-year track record. And so, uh, and you, you name it, we've, we've done it, you know, uh, self storage facilities, apartment complexes, um, all kinds of different businesses, veterinarians, dentists. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, so it's anything that's highly appreciated. We can do an installment sale. Got it. Okay. And the opposite of that is just George sells a building to Brett, Brett, um, well, George receives money on the sale. George pays taxes. Yeah, that's the first option, right? So the, what are the options for clients? Well, they can sell something and 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 pay the tax, which most don't want to do, right? Because it's 30 to 50% of their gain is getting wiped out. Okay. So most will look for a tax deferral strategy such as a charitable remainder trust or a Delaware statutory trust, or the most commonly known one is the 1031 exchange. But each of those have their rules and their limitations. And the deferred sales trust also has rules and limitations too. But the key thing is their tax deferral options. Um, and the key 
is, well, what, what is your goal, George? What are you trying to do? What stage of life are you in? Um, do you want to time the real estate market? Sell high and wait on the sidelines in, in tax, tax deferred um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds uh, as the investments, but the, but the total principle is deferred and then redeploy back into commercial real estate. And this is really what drove my, my, uh, my passion. You asked my why in the beginning. You know, I, I went through a, a time when I was in commercial real estate where I saw people lose a lot of money and get, and get hurt in the 2008 crash. And a part of that is they weren't diversified outside of California, highly appreciated real estate. And the story was in 04, 05, 06, they were doing 1031 exchanges. They're getting really high prices. But the challenge was they were having to overpay for properties because the marketplace was just appreciating at a rapid pace. And so we call this the sell high, buy higher 180 days later. Right. And our parents actually taught us to sell high and buy low. But the challenge, as you know, is the 1031 says, no, George, you need to identify a property in 45 days. And then you need to close on one, two or three of those properties. If you choose the three, the three, um, three property rule um, within 180 days. And so uh, you end up probably buying higher. Right. And then the other thing is you need to replace the debt. And debt was the single, single biggest villain in the 2008 crash for people who got hit and hurt. And unfortunately, at 1031, you have to replace the debt. So let's say you sold a $10 million property, George, and you owed $5 million on it. Well, you only have to buy a $10 million property, but you have to replace the debt. Um, I mean, you can actually come with more cash if you had it, but most people don't have that cash. But more than likely, you're not going to find an exact $10 million deal. You're probably going to find a $12 million deal or $11 million deal. And so, so many of my clients were taking on more debt. And then when the market shift, they were hit. And again, they weren't diversified. The other thing about 1031 is the same entity must move to the next property. So generally speaking, you're not going to partner with anybody else. You're more likely just to buy another deal on your own. Um, but the biggest thing is you're buying at a high point and we don't want to do that. We want you to sit on the sidelines, George, and put it into conservative bonds, conservative treasury, conservative uh, mutual funds, and just, just wait until this market shifts. And then five years from now or day 181 or tomorrow, you can direct those funds like a self-directed IRA into your own deal by yourself or with multiple commercial real estate syndicators who maybe have different expertise in different parts of the country um, that can that can achieve higher returns for you. And so that's what the Deferred Sales Trust allows you to do. Nice. Okay. So we'll just use raw numbers. So I... In, instead of me paying tax on a $10 million sum of money that I just, that, that, that was received, what happens is it goes into a trust. Is that correct? Correct. Exactly. Let's use 40%. You know, you had, you had zero basis, George, and you would have paid 4 million in tax. So instead of having 6 million uh, in your personal account, there's 10 million in George's deferred sales trust account. In my trust account. And while it's inside there, it's able to be invested in a variety of different financial instruments. And I can hopefully get, you know, five, six, seven percent rate of return over time. And that gives me the opportunity that's growing tax deferred. And that gives me the opportunity to, in this sort of the scenario we've been talking about, wait until the real estate market corrects or goes down a little bit and so that I would actually be doing what we're supposed to do which is sell high and then eventually buy low. 
Precisely. And you're also getting out of debt. We call it the Dave Ramsey debt get free plan on your commercial real estate or business because the proceeds go into the trust. So in the other scenario of the 10 million, you would just pay off the note uh, to, to the bank and only 5 million would go into the trust. So not only are you getting diversified with um, with stocks, bonds, mutual funds or commercial real estate syndications or other business ventures, but you're getting out of debt. Right. And so I, I like I have a concept. Um, I don't know that really it's my concept, but I'm just just talking about it now. There's dumb debt. There's there's risky debt and there's smart debt. OK, well, smart debt, you know, goes into debt when the marketplace is low, like five years ago when, when you could find deals in Arizona and California and different parts of the country that were, you know, were discounts. And you said this is a buyer's market, you know, as a real estate professionals, anyone who's been in real estate long enough, we typically know when it's a buyer's market and you want to go into smart debt, leverage, 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 buy low and get a lot of assets. But then when the market appreciates like it is right now, it's definitely a seller's market, in my opinion, I think most would agree. We call that risky debt and that you're staying there when you could get out um, right now with the deferred sales trust and get debt free and, and capture all of that appreciation. And then dumb debt would be you double down. You sell right now and you 1031 and you take on more debt and, you know, and the, the deals are harder to find with the value add. So there's not as much forced appreciation, but you feel trapped because you got a great price. And, and that's where that's where I say, don't do dumb debt, you know, get out of debt right now and then and then sit on the sidelines. And then, oh, by the way, when the market shifts and it's a buyer's market again, and let's say in five years, partner with your trust. And, and, and take on some debt and go buy a property, all tax deferred. So we, we literally eliminate the need for the 1031 exchange and we're changing the way everyone approaches every commercial real estate sale, business sale, let alone primary home, which by the way, you can't, you can't do a 1031 with a primary home, right? You have a 121 exclusion, which right. means if you look to the last five years, you get 250 if you're single, 500 if you're married. Well, beyond that, you have, you have this big tax. And so, uh, we helped a couple who closed the deal in, in Southern California. It's a $26 million primary home. They owed 6 million in capital gains tax beyond their exclusion. Well, instead of paying that tax, they did a deferred sales trust. It's it's uh, pretty obvious what um, when you look at the numbers. Doing another deal right now in Palo Alto, similar. Uh, it's a fourteen million or fourteen million dollar primary home, and he's we're going to help him save about two million in capital gains tax. But those are just the numbers. What I really like to focus on, George, is the internal motivations for our clients, which have to do with feeling trapped. You know, this not having a passive income stream, right? Feeling real estate rich and cash flow poor. Um, you know, there's some clients in the Bay Area, they can't even afford the rent down the street. You know, Google, Facebook has, you know, taken over and the rent is so high. They've been in their house for 30 years and they go, look, I bought this house for $200,000 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's worth $2.9 million. If I, if I sell right now, I'm going to get hammered with tax. There's no way I'm selling. I'm just going to hold on, give it to my kids with a stepped up basis, but they actually need to sell or want to sell. They have health issues. They have, they want to fund their grandkids, college education. And they don't want to take on more debt or do a reverse mortgage, but they'd like to sell and diversify and get a passive income stream. And that's what we enable people to do. Got it. So how does that income stream factor in? How does how does liquidity factor in here? 
or how does it work? Yes. Great question, George. So let's just say it's your deal and it's that $10 million sale. Okay. And again, you paid off the note. Now there's 5 million in the trust. Now, depending on where you direct the funds, um, uh, determines the liquidity, but let's just say you have a hundred percent with your own financial advisor, or you can choose one of our, um, our strategic uh, partners. Um, and you have it in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And, uh, it's earning most of our notes earn 8% and then after fees net about six and a half percent. Um, but, uh, let's just say, you know, you know what, Brad, I'd like to travel the world with my wife and kids, you know, let me cash out $250,000, $250,000 can be sent to you. Now you're going to dip into the principal, right? And that principal, you're going to pay capital gains tax on that because that's what's called actual receipt. So the IRS deems George that you owe the tax when you actually receive it. Okay. But as long as it's in a deferral state or a seller carryback state, you don't owe capital gains tax. But if you dip into that $5 million principal of any amount, you'll owe capital gains tax on that given amount and that given year. If you just live off the interest, it'd be ordinary income tax on that interest payment. But the point is, uh, within four days, you can have liquidity. So we call it trade plus three. So it's just like if you had funds at E-Trade or TD Ameritrade or wherever, you, you, you say, oh, sell that, cash me out, a check is sent to you. Nice. Easy enough. <laughs> All right, so so we've gone through a couple of different scenarios. Are are there some people that this is absolutely not right for? Yeah, who would it not be right for? Um, you know, if you're if you're um, if you're doing great on commercial real estate and you're doing you're making a lot of money and you, you're finding value add deals and you you're, you know you can just keep ten thirty oneing. I I that's my first love and I help people do ten thirty ones as well all the time. So it's um, I, I'm always I'm always for go for the ten thirty one if you can find it great. But by the way, we're a backup plan for our failed ten thirty one, and we don't take up one of those spots. So I always say go for the ten thirty one if it makes sense and if you feel like you would have purchased this property, um, even if you had this capital gains tax liability, buy it and you can add a, add value, buy it. That's great. So I would say it, it doesn't work as well for the commercial real estate owner who's sophisticated and has a 1031 um, track record of doing that. Now, again, careful there. I would say just caution you, don't go into dumb debt and overpay. Um, right. Consider us again. Uh, the other person you wouldn't really work for would be those who would... Um, who who have some health conditions or health health concerns and 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 they you know they, they there could be uh, they could pass in in a short in a sh shorter time frame uh, and the reason is is because the 1031 um, uh, maintains the stepped up basis okay this deferred sales trust is actually exiting of the um, of the asset, meaning you're foregoing the stepped up basis, okay? And there's pros and cons there, which we'll go into, but we have certain people call and say, hey, you know what, I have this health thing going on. We go, well, well, hold on. If it's pretty close, maintain that stepped up basis because if your kids receive that asset, they get a stepped up basis, meaning they could sell at that time and basically walk away tax-free. Whereas the deferred sales trust, although it passes to their heirs and they can maintain a tax deferral state and live off the interest for as long as they want, uh, most of our notes go for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, you renew for 10 and then renew for 10, renew for 10 and keep going. And then your kids can, can inherit that and do the same thing. They wouldn't be able to cash out at your time of death and walk away tax-free because we don't have a stepped up basis. So that would be kind of the two, the two groups. Um, 
But everybody else, you know, if you're selling a business, you you might be considering considering a charitable remainder trust, which most most of our clients are charitable. They're just not 100% charitable, which we would just say, <clears throat> okay, how about we just direct the funds from the deferred sales trust to the charity at your passing? Would you like that? Sure. So we can accomplish a lot of the same things that the charitable can, can, can accomplish. But if you're 100% charitable, then maybe you just go with the charitable remainder trust. Excellent. Well, Brett, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You know, the difference-making tip is, um, I would say, uh, you know, get educated on these strategies. Bring your trusted advisors in and and make sure you understand it and and do it early, too. Um, We we have found that this is new for some people, although it's been around for 23 years and it's a 2,000 trusts have been closed. Get educated. And and, and we like to say that we're we're just the guide. I'm kind of like a nurse, George, and I'll take your pulse and say, yeah, it looks like (laughs) you might be a good fit to maybe consider surgery. But before you go in to see our brain surgeon, bring your brain surgeon in. Who are they? They're the CPAs, tax attorneys, financial advisors you trust and work with, make sure you bring them in and, and, and talk with us and get their blessing before moving forward. We have over 1,100 professionals across the U.S. now. And so if any of your listeners are real estate brokers, if they're um, luxury luxury brokers, commercial real estate brokers, business brokers, um, uh, financial advisors, connect with us because our, our part of our passion is equi- equipping uh, business professionals on this education so that they can create, they can help their clients create and preserve more wealth and then they can grow their business. So that's a, that's a big part of this. Uh, when you can add more value, you can grow your business. So that would be my tip. Like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on, come on. And Brett, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yes, yes, uh, George. They can go to CapitalGainsTaxSolutions.com. They can find me on Bigger Pockets. They can find me on YouTube by searching all of those things. But it's CapitalGainsTaxSolutions.com, and uh, reach out to me anytime. I love it, Savage Nation. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brett your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to CapitalGainsTaxSolutions.com. He's got a ton of great resources that uh, go into really the step-by-step and the ins and outs of how this whole process works. Thanks again, Brett. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.